0: Hey, everybody, welcome to Multi Multi, the podcast where we talk about the multitude of multi-site student ministries. My name is Joe Crabb, and I get the privilege and honor of being one of the hosts of this podcast, and I'm joined by one of the other hosts, Gina. Gina, how are you, my friend?
1: Hey, everybody, doing great.
0: It is great to be here with you, Gina, and I'm really excited about the topic that we have on hand, especially knowing that uh, this episode is being released And the beginning parts of 2021, where for many of us, we're beginning to maybe put a bow on what our school year teaching will look like, uh, look ahead to summer teaching or next year, perhaps an evaluation stage even as to what needs to change when it comes to your series writing, your curriculum choices, and so on. So I know this is a conversation that happens all the time across multi-site churches, and it is one that you and I... uh, Near and dear to our hearts, as we look to you know have those conversations, and make those decisions with our team for what's best when it comes to teaching and what we teach. So today we're going to talk about teaching different approaches when it comes to implementing a teaching strategy across the campuses, live in person. We're going to use all sorts of different terms throughout this episode: curriculum, small group, series, teaching strategy, and so as we do so, we're essentially focusing on what is being taught and how it is being taught on a week-to-week basis in your student ministry environment. Again, whether it's already created curriculum, writing from scratch, video teaching, live communicators, there is much to consider and care for when it comes to teaching. So, we are ready to hop in and talk about the best principles and practices on teaching as we share our mistakes made and lessons learned. Buckle up, Gina, are you ready?
1: I'm ready. I love this. All story. right,
0: let's dive into the topic at hand. Gina, please share with the listeners what is the current current teaching strategy and how are students being taught at Harbor Church's weekly? Uh, what's aligned? What's contextualized across the campuses?
1: Yeah, I think what's important to note is that in our multi-site setting, uh, a few years ago we were more like the free for all kind of model where every campus was more unique doing their own thing and up until recently i think about a year ago a little over a year ago we did a reorg where we became more aligned and i think when that okay. happened we had to have like the the conversation around content and curriculum and what are we teaching across all campuses what's the same what's not Um, So I think when you're in in a multi-site world, I think that's an important thing to talk about is one, it depends on your model. If your multi-site model is more free for all, each campus is unique, or if it's more of a franchise, everything's more the same, that directly impacts how you're going to teach content and how you're going to, whether it's all the same or not, right?
0: Harbor churches, and so within recent years, you were both. Yep. Why'd you go from one to the other?
1: Yeah, so I think in an effort to like to streamline, to save time, and um, and I think to help like a new campus start just easier with less work, is that we decided to move towards alignment and we um, we got a curriculum. So we use orange across all of our campuses. And in um, this past year, we've been writing like our playbook. Um, that's an, a word that gets used a lot in the multi site world. Basically, it's um, It's what we would hand a new staff person that kind of explains our model and how we make decisions and our values. And one of the things in our playbook is what we call our constants, what's the same across all campuses. And then when it comes to curriculum, what is the same across all campuses is that we all commit to the same bottom line that is um, like the sticky phrase or the bottom line that's in our content. So when you're teaching on stage or you're teaching in a small group, you can contextualize it and change it up as much as you want, as long as you're sticking to like that main idea that's there. So that's what's the same across all campuses. And depending on the size of your campus depends on whether you have like a live communicator on stage or whether you use a teaching video in a smaller living room setting. So it's, um, so that's why we like having um, the content with all the stuff that's there that you can adapt based on your setting. Uh, what about for you guys at Woodside? And, uh, how What's the same? What's different? What informs your choices on the content that you're using?
0: Yeah. You know what? Um, Gina, I, I want to answer that question, but I actually, I have another one for you real quick. Cause I'm okay. <laughs> sorry. Uh, because I, I'm envisioning a team and, and, and I don't know, is this true for your team? Is there somebody, is some of the staff, do you, how much of the, the staff that is currently around in Harvard was a part of that change, change from like freelance, you know, to, to structure and high alignment. Yeah. Is there three, four, how many people are still a part of that team?
1: Yeah, that's a good question because when you're new, you don't know any different. You just do what you're what <laughs> you're told. Yeah, that's,
0: that's what I'm getting like, I, cause I'm yeah. sure there's some people who are hearing who are, they're in a freelance world and they really want the structure. And there's some that are in a structure world who really wants the freelance. And yes. so I was just going to ask you to say, all right, speak to both ends of those parties. Cause you've probably, whether you're more in the structure than the freelance, you have heard the argument as you guys were making that decision and sat in that seat. So yeah. before, and then I'll, I'll answer the question, the question you asked me, but could you speak into that tension a a little bit? And what word of advice would you have for the structured person in a freelance world and a freelance person in a structured world?
1: Oh, that's such a good question. Uh, Because when you're living, when you are that person who's used to freedom and then all of a sudden you're handed a content you need to use, Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. that
1: that can be really hard. Um, I think a couple of things that have been helpful is, um, one is that we all together uh, picked the curriculum,
0: um, okay. so it well, was talk more about that a little bit later. Yeah, is that, yeah. Is that kind of the the biggest thing that you that was helpful in resolution bringing resolution to that.
1: That helps a little when being part of the decision versus just here's what you're doing. Okay. Uh, you just have more ownership. The other thing is that there's all, just a lot of freedom to contextualize. So if you're someone that just okay. really. You're like, hey, I want to go crazy and on a YouTube channel, and I want to do this and this. There's still a lot of freedom to contextualize. Um, and the other thing that was really helpful is that uh, some of our smaller campuses are church plants. They have very part-time staff or by vocational staff, that they're like, thank you. I don't have to figure out what I'm doing every week now. It's there. So I think for most people, it was a time saver. Um, It brought a lot of clarity. It brought a lot of unity. And you can um, empower, like you don't need, this high capacity, super youth pastor person, you can equip a volunteer to lead. Um, so it just, it makes it much more easy to, easier to implement at a campus that's maybe smaller or a church plant that doesn't have like the resources to just have some superstar youth pastor come in. and
0: Yeah, is that exactly, where exactly you guys tear out live communication versus video communication is knowing that, hey, maybe as you're launching a campus or so on and so forth, that you might, you might not need the person whose gifting is communicating. You might need somebody who's more like shepherding or logistics or whatever, because the live communicating can be, well, it can just be video teaching. Is that part of the reason behind live over video teaching for you guys?
1: Yeah. Well, we're really big on leadership development and empowering volunteers to do as much as possible. Uh, so if they don't have that pressure of having to be the live communicator, mm-hmm. uh it's just, it's a lot easier to just recruit and build teams to run student ministry. Uh, so I think what we have, which I mentioned our playbook is depending on the size of the student ministry that would also inform whether or not you wanted a live person or a video.
0: Okay.
1: Cause Joe, you know, a live communicator when you have 10 students can just feel super awkward.
0: Yeah, you're right. Actually, Yeah. Yeah.
1: True. So a teaching video might just feel much more natural uh, but then having a teaching video every week when you have, you know, a couple hundred students, then you're just like, okay, this this feels weird now. Um, so having freedom and that aspect of how you're gonna implement it on your campus based on your size and your resources and your staffing. Does, yeah. does that answer your question?
0: Yeah, no, I think the nice part too is that you know, as you're as you're sharing that, because I mean we're talking about this in the the time of COVID. And so obviously some of that stuff's nice. a little bit shifted and whatnot, but I mean thinking like In the the environment in which you might primarily always have a video communicator, then the moments that you have a live communicator aspect, it changes it up. It's kind of a novelty or like it's a different, it gives it a different feel and vice versa. For myself, who's usually always in an environment with live teaching occurring, I can utilize a video curriculum at some point in time as an aspect of switching it up or innovation or trying things out or whatever. So, So... Current teaching strategy at Woodside was a question asked about 20 <laughs> minutes ago and three less questions. asked But Gina, that was super insightful. Um, and your context in that way, and, and that shift, I think, has happened. So, you know, l- less time has passed since you guys have made that shift. So I'm sure there are people who are listening who are can identify, resonate with that, or even are working towards that right now. So I appreciate you uh, letting us peel that back a little bit. So our current teaching strategy at Woodside is, uh, all of our curriculum is written in-house by our current student ministry staff. We, um, that has varied throughout the the past couple of years. Uh, as long as I've been a part of student ministries within middle school, 80% of our middle school ministry, like stuff had been written. And part of that is because the guy who was there prior to me, he wrote a lot of it. And then when I came on, I was writing some of that. And then we were taking some of the old stuff and just updating it and rewriting it. So it wasn't like starting fully from scratch. Right. Uh, every year, there was great source material that we were working off of. For our high school ministry, it started off kind of like vigilantism, do your own thing. And as they worked towards alignment, um, there were seasons. We actually used XP3 for probably about uh, two years or so, somewhat consistently for our high school ministry. Uh, and because our team had gone through shifts in seasons where we had seasons where we had people who wanted to write other seasons, we've not And it's looked differently. Uh, I love our current iteration the best, which I hope most of us can say that like, hey, what we're currently doing is what I love, but I know we need to improve on it. Uh, and, and that's what, what uh, is true of us for however long it would be. Like everybody who was on the student staff team, if you wanted to write a message, you would help write the new original content for our um, high school ministry. Mm-hmm. And then if you were a little green and newer in staff want to be developing that way, you would help update our middle school stuff. And if there's a new series being written for middle school, then like myself or one of the other guys who was writing would work together to write it. And um, the difficulty there is like, not everybody likes to write. Not everybody should write. We found that out. Uh, And, you know, not everyone has the same proper grammar as everybody else. (laughs) So our current teaching strategy, and I've shared it a little bit before, we have a serious writing team. Uh, It's one of the four teams that uh, we have across our student ministry staff from across the campuses. And uh, every probably early spring, we begin to every this would be the second iteration of it. uh, We have a, a conversation. Uh, with our student staff, and we've done this before in the past anyway, so I can say actually it's been happening for a while. We have a conversation with our student staff, and that conversation is also informed by interns, small group leaders, students, parents, the past couple of years, what Woodside's currently going through as we have the conversation around uh, what are we going to be teaching next year? What are we going to begin working on? So on and so forth. And we look at that scope and sequence. We start plotting things out. Uh, and we go from there. the The other guiding thing for us has to do with a thought that we, you know, I had for probably two or three years ago. It, it first hit me of what are students leaving with. I, I've been able to be at Woodside as uh, the pastor for this is way too long. I mean, eleven, twelve plus years, right? Uh, I'm trying to do the math in my head real quick and. <laughs> So, I've seen grades and students come in as sixth graders, leave as seniors, and and, and all that stuff. And I'm like, what are they leaving with? What can I look back? And I I want to, in some ways, you know, being a student ministry assistant long, I've I've learned to be more organized. Say, what can I look at a sheet and just say, yeah, we did talk about this, but not just like topics, but doctrines. Like to say, yep, we taught about this in. Uh, you know, when it comes to the Holy spirit and, and so on, and, and, and kind of even somewhat using the same, the dial analogy that I know orange uses when yeah. it comes to like wonder and discovery and so on, like uh, we use it more like the, Hey, by the time that they are, um, a seventh grader, a ninth grader, uh, a, a senior, what have we taught about the Holy spirit? What have we talked about? when it comes to sexuality? What have we talked about when it comes to salvation? And knowing that, hey, for a seventh grader, if you've been here for two years, you've heard this. And as a senior, maybe you've heard some of the stuff that we've said to seventh graders. Maybe this is your first time ever being here. This is your first year and you're a senior. You're going to hear, you know, those other things. because so that's built off that same foundation. But that way, but you're going to get even more of the conversation, again, not because we're trying to dilute anything, keep anything, any we're not hiding anything, you know, at the level up. And now you get more more of God's truth. Like, you know, we preach to different audiences differently because of where they're at developmentally and right. contextually and so on. So we get all that.
1: Yeah, you're so, giving your students this chance to like revisit these important yes. truths. Um, But with maybe a fresh meaning or different perspective because they're at this different stage or age. Yeah, I love that.
0: Yeah, and and, and so that's kind of how we form that. That's our current teaching strategy. Now, for Woodside, it's live communicators in every environment uh, because it's original material. So we don't have a teaching, uh, you know, we don't have a video that we're using from a curriculum or making videos generally. Obviously different in COVID, but uh, in every other time. And so, um, it's live communicators. Is there still freedom? Um, one of the things when we're at the uh, the conference that the guys from Twelve Stone talked about is like they use a percentage. Like, hey, it should be you know no more than eighty percent and no less than fifty percent of the original content. You've kind of talked about that. At the bottom line, the sticky the sticky things have to remain the same. We don't have a, a formal percentage or process, but I probably would lean towards that. 80, 50%. We put in our messages obviously personal examples and we'll highlight them a certain color so that individual knows to contextualize it as such. And it's a very similar process that our main service goes. You know, if you get our main service teaching notes, contextualize it. They'll insert, hey, make this your own. And those guys at a campus level on a Sunday morning may really emphasize point one, really hit on point three, spend a little time at point two, but but more so with a one and a three, and but they're preaching the same passage, it's the same bottom line, so on and so forth. So we kind of fall, that, that's where student ministries falls in line at in regards to that alignment when it comes to teaching and contextualizing across the campuses. And so we are giving voices at the table for people to contribute to the conversation as what's being taught. We give updates throughout the year on how the writing is going. We even this year implemented a, survey that we asked our team to to fill out after a series to say, hey, what were the wins of this? What is the miss? How can we so we have that evaluation of that series so we can add to it. Um, So those are some of the things that we do our current teaching strategy and how we look to make it a collaborative effort while also really just utilizing the gifts of the individuals who um, desire to write are gifted to write. And uh, we are working currently on like how do we develop new writers as well. Who those who have that interest in? So not just the pigeonhole people. So that's that's our current strategy. So
1: your current strategy for uh so how do you determine like what you're gonna teach on a particular weekend? Like how far in advance do you plan out um that specific like content for each each weekend that you're gonna do?
0: Yeah. So uh We decide in, let's say, so this year, we'll decide in March, April, what we're going to teach for uh, September through May of 2021, 2022. So uh, as we begin work on that, we'll set timelines. And really, by June of 2021, I could pretty much give you a... 80% week by week overview of what will be taught uh, in our environments from September to May. And obviously know this, and what you're hearing, it sounds probably very organized, very rigid, very like, Oh, well, this is what we are doing. And so on. There's fluidity throughout it. There is fluidity. There is um, the opportunity to change things up. Even this year, the current series we're doing in January uh, in February was not what we originally planned, but church leadership said, Hey, we want to do a series that the whole church is going through. The student piece n- needs to be complementary to the Sunday morning piece. Cause we're not going to just preach the same message that they just heard on a Sunday morning. And so, uh, we, we had to shift, we had to, you know, change that up. So, um, so that's, that's how it's being determined. Like I said, we bring in all the conversations. We look at that doctrinal sheet as well. Um, so we're, we're looking at topics and every series has a series overview and we have a whole Excel doc that shows us what we've taught, what we hit on, what degree did we teach it to and so on and so forth um, so that we can gauge it accordingly for the, the next year. So that's, that is how, how we determine being taught. It's kind of multifaceted, um, but yeah. Uh, and we also will put in like retreats and so on. And uh, I think the only other thing I can say for some of you guys who are like, where's the other freedom in some of this stuff, is we even throughout our school year, we'll put in campus choices. So like you as a campus, maybe this year it's like two weeks for Christmas, teach out anything you want. We have old series that you can utilize if you want to use an old series, um, update it and, and whatnot. I, I, that's what I did for my campus. And so I just made it available to the rest of the team and they wanted to use that. Um, but there's also like one-off nights and so on and so forth. And, um, that really gives that person the opportunity to kind of formulate that message, put it together, preach directly to their, their students, perhaps something that's been on their heart as they've been leading, uh, that campus and whatnot. So that's, uh, we do leave that room and even in summer, uh, our summer ministries look a a bit different, but, uh, you know, we don't write message series for the summer. Uh, those those guys, if they're doing a weekly thing and looking to teach and so on, uh, they can use an old series. We just ask them to tell us which one they're using. So we help them pick one so they're not teaching something that we're planning on teaching already in the school year or or whatnot if they don't want that. Um, and then, yeah, that's kind of it. That's kind of how we kind of do it, even from that whole be- breath, not just school year, but summer as well. But. Well, Harbor, you kind of talked about bringing people around the table and so on and so forth. What are some of the other things that you guys use to determine, uh, especially knowing, hey, you are using um, an XP3, an orange curriculum. And some people hearing that may not even know how um, XP3 packages that, you know, series versus some, some do it full year. This is what we tell you to do September through May. So, kind of speak through that, and speak a little bit into um, how XP3 packages some of that stuff. This is, by the way, this isn't. We're huge fans of Orange XP3. Love all their stuff. Obviously, we're um, Gene is a, a contributor in that way as well. But I think it's good for people to hear because they've heard of Orange, but also hear a little bit of how you, as a um, uh, 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 someone in ministry, utilizes it for your content. So.
1: Yeah. Well, I, we love orange. We love grow. There's a lot of good stuff out there. <laughs> One thing that we go by at Harvard is the 80 20 rule is that 80% is uh, the same. It's what would be like our static content. And then everybody has like 20% wiggle room to, uh, to go to do their own thing uh, because at a campus, maybe there's something that's happening in that community that they need to address or something that's happening nationally that we're like, okay, we need to put pause on what we had here and do something different. So the 80, 20 thing it's uh, is as helpful. The other thing that's been um, I know in the season of disruption of 2020 and 2021, I felt like we had an idea of what we wanted to teach um, our content from orange, you know, they give you a scope and cycle, of kind of what's suggested, but what we like to do, and we actually just have this meeting today. We got all of our student um, pastors and directors on a Zoom call, and we just went through the whole scope and cycle for the whole um, for this whole next year. And we're just like, hey, what what series do we think we want to do next, and kind of, and have lined up. And, uh, and then we also look it's you mentioned this as your campus wanting to align what what's being taught uh, both in the, your weekend service and in students uh, so we also do look at the preaching calendar and if it makes sense if there's a series from orange that uh, aligns with what's being taught on a Sunday morning in our weekend services we do we will pick that cuz it it'll just make sense cool. um Thank that you. we don't cool. always It doesn't always work out that way, but it's something that we pay attention to um, because if there is an awesome series that matches up with the weekend sermon, why not? Um, So that's helpful. And then as a, yeah, as a team, like I'll come to the table and I'll have an idea of like what I think we should do, but I'd never share it first. So I listen to the other team members. I'm like, what do you think? What do you think we should series we should hit next? Um, And then the other thing is I try to not do topical Back to back, like okay. I don't want to do four weeks of like a relationship series and then four weeks of something else that's super topical. So I try to uh, do a series that's super like um, spiritual disciplines or learning the Bible or a book of the Bible that's more like, and then um, the following series would be a little bit more topical. Um,
0: that's good. I, I love the intentional thought behind with the Sunday morning service piece. I, I think. That's a huge part of it. And, and, and with utilizing an orange is that it probably is going to be complementary to what you guys are already teaching. Now, you talked about this eighty twenty, contextualizing it. I think that's a big thing for any individuals who are using curriculum, whether it's a, a Grow, a Lifeway, an Orange. What what does that process look like for you and your team? Who's Who's responsible for taking what uh, in your situation, XP three, what you're getting from Orange and making it feel like it's Harvard because that's one of the the pros and you know practices of uh, of that curriculum. So, what's that process look like on a practical level for you as a team who owns that, who leads that out, where does it get put, all that stuff?
1: Yeah, well, I think any good content that, that if you're whether you're writing it or you're buying it, good content is going to um, be designed to be contextualized. Um, like if you're using word for word for word, what someone else writ wrote, it's not going to feel natural. So I think any good content will be designed to, Hey, add in your own story about this here. That's or, good. Um, uh, add this little thing that that's, that's something that interests your students. Um, good content will get you to the 30-yard line, but it's up to you to make the touchdown. Um, yeah, okay. Whether, like it, whether it. you write it or you buy it, um, you, each campus needs to, to really own how it's implemented. Um, and then also each campus, has its own culture and maybe you really heavy on middle schoolers at your campus you don't have a lot of high schoolers so the way that you unpack it has to be developmentally appropriate for the for the audience that you're teaching so as a cross-campus team like we just we check in we we know what we're doing and are like Uh, meetings were like, hey, what was great about your weekend, about your content, what worked, what didn't. So we're very aware of what's being communicated. Um, And I think someone said this at one of those multi-site conferences we went to that I think Woodside was at, that like, we set the table with all the stuff you can use. And if you want to go do something different, um, you know, if you want to go to the fridge and get something different, you've got to ask for permission. So um, I can't remember who said that. We're probably one of those Texas yeah. campus dudes. Um, but I love that. It's been really helpful. But, hey, we set the table. Here's the content. Here's the curriculum. If you yeah. want to do something different, then um, then we have that conversation. But what is what about for you guys if someone is just like, hey, this isn't where our campus is at right now. This just happened and we need to do something different. What would be the process for you guys?
0: Oh yeah, I think it's always going to be open-handedness, I, I, and it needs to be. I, I, I think the expectation to be on that individual as they're asking for that, just to be able to give clarity as to why that needs to be the case. Mm-hmm. But when that is the case, I, I believe the posture of our team, uh, including myself, would be okay. Well, how can we? How can we best help? And we're even looking at creating, and we are looking at we're working towards creating content that is. Uh, that helps with some of those things knowing that, hey, um, you know, there was a student who just took their life uh, in one of the, the, the schools or in those sorts of situations that sadly do pop up throughout the year is to provide and create content and resources that an individual can use uh, on those evenings Some of our team have already had to do that. I've had to do that Mm -hmm. uh, in my context. But especially for anybody who's new uh, or just that you have. I mean, when those moments happen, there's so much that perhaps you as the pastor is dealing with uh, in communicating to families and letting leaders know that, hey, this is going to be a part of this tonight and letting leadership know and all these these other things that are going on that at the same time. this all happened on a Tuesday and you have programming tomorrow and you got to preach and you're looking at what you were going to preach. And you're like, I got, I got to switch this up. I, I can't do it. So, you know, we we're working on that, but I mean, always, always be open handed with it. I, I, I believe that you have to be, and you have to trust those, um, that you're working with to allow them to do so. Uh, and I think a part of that trust doesn't mean that there's not communication. You know, I would much rather have somebody communicate and be able to clearly communicate the reason why that needs to be uh, as opposed to just feel like they're just doing it under the radar because it's like, I can't let anybody know. So I'm just going to do this and hopefully nobody finds out. But um, yeah, yeah, that's what it looks like for for us um, when it comes to somebody needing to do any sort of one off or shift away from material and so on. We're going to always be open handed and. Um, you know, expect communication from them and look for ways to uh, come alongside them with whatever they might be doing. So yeah,
1: it is, it's a lot about building trust because under, understanding that what we do really matters. Um, so when you have that trust on your team to, with each other, and you know that what you do matters. You're going to communicate well. Like, hey, here's what we're doing and why it's different for our right. campus this weekend, and yep. um, and what collaboration is still important because you're so much better together.
0: Yeah, and I think it's important too to realize that uh, the communication shouldn't just be um, with you as the lead. Let's say if you're the lead and you get that, I think that you as the lead have you have the responsibility to, let's say whatever it is, the next time your team meets, to then say, hey guys just so you're you're aware um you know john didn't do week four of this series because this is what happened and john why don't you share with us why that happened Uh, what what happened and and what you did and how that night went they share validation so so Mm -hmm. and then say guys for the rest of you as well know that anytime that comes up you know what i love is what john did is he did this he came to me we were able to help mike hopped in and helped in this way and that's what we're here for you know we're ministering it's not always going to fit into a neat box of yep, it's going to be week four tonight. Like Stuff happens. And let's not forget that we're, we're a team, we got to work together. And that that those are those moments that also reiterate some of the things that we've talked about, other lessons about other episodes, our leadership lessons and so on. It's like mm. in those moments when things go off script are actually moments that you can reiterate the culture and the values that you're trying to create and instill in your team.
1: Yeah. And I know for our setting and maybe yours too, that all of the content that we create or use is that we really put a priority on um, that relationship between a small group leader and a student. Mm -hmm. So all of our content is designed uh, to set up small group leaders for great conversation because what we communicate on a stage or through a video or whatever, it, it is teaching and it's how they learn it but it's in that application in those conversations with their small group that's how they're going to remember it that's how they're going to apply it um so I would encourage everyone who's thinking about what they're teaching uh, whether you write it or you buy it but just to be thinking about like how am I using this content to set up really good conversations between a student and their leader
0: yeah I think one of the other ends of it too that's very important um for individuals, when you're especially you're getting something that's pre-written and so on. Um, you know, I, I was recently. This, I'd encourage anybody to 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 go and check out this episode of Youth Ministry Hacks uh, with Justin Knowles. Is they had Terry Parkman on, and he was talking about Generation Z, and he was also talking about he's at a multi-site church, things Riverview or something It's in Minnesota, and he's talking about some of the different teaching things that they've been doing. And I was listening to it. I'm like, man we got to, we got to do this this summer. Like we got to pilot this. We got to test it out. Like I'm resonating with what he's saying. Like, you know, when you hear somebody say that, which you've been observing and thinking about, especially in this season where we've shifted from live communicating to video communicating, all the things that we know about Gen Z and so on. I'm like, man, we got to try this. And my context allows me to do that. Now, like I, I'm responsible for taking what would be a 20 ish minute live sermon and thinking about how I'm going to break it up differently to engage students in a different way. But I have the freedom to do that. And I think what's also important is that I communicate that to the team so that the team knows that I'm doing it. Not necessarily just for permission, but I think I want this to be true of every one of our team. Like, Hey, innovation, I'm going to try this. I'm going to let you guys know how it goes and you guys run with it and this is you know let me know what you uh, questions you have you want to come and check it out one night whatever but i think that's also important as you're talking about then when we're setting these things up and executing them when we talk about contextualizing what are we allowing for contextualization but i love what you said too just about the small group leader too because that that informs me, like, if I'm going to switch up my teaching, who am I switching it up for? And how am I still giving value to that, which I already have value for? And that is obviously the small group. Uh, and, and I want that to continue on. So, Gina. Yeah. I think we're near the end of this. I'm sure there's <laughs> other questions that we might have or that the, the, those listeners might have, but I want to leave room for the best question that there is. The magic wand question,
1: Gina. Oh, the magic wand question. Okay. Having to do with content, curriculum, hey, and a multi-site setting, you can wave your magic wand and solve sure. a problem. Or wake up and you wave the wand and boom, it happens. What is it?
0: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I could say so many things for this. And I'll try to say as many as I can in the shortest amount of time. Um, I, I wish we were more creative. Um, whether it's from video elements, illustrations, so on and so forth. I wish that there was, I I want, we want to work towards having more engaging interaction elements with our our messages. That's for me personally. I feel like that's needed. Um, And just continuing to make sure that you're creating a a great pipeline, uh, not just for staff, but for volunteers as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of the greatest moments, and the greatest moments of joy I've had in student ministry has been, coming alongside a student and equipping them to be able to teach and watching that the years do so. And sadly, like, obviously, because everything going on this year, um, but you know, wanting more and more of that to be able to happen. So I think those are the two things right off the bat, just an influx of creativity and engagement when it comes to the message and the approach and illustrations or or whatever of the format, all that stuff. And then a solid pipe, But you know, uh, a, a great pipeline for both staff and for uh, students. So Gina, yeah, the wand has been passed, yeah. my friend.
1: The wand has been, oh, my first disclaimer is that anything awesome I said, my orange specialist probably said it 1st
0: um, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, wait. You credit where credit's do
1: Yeah, yeah, that. Um, and then the other thing you said this and I can't let it go before I wave my wand is that in multi-site because we have so many different campuses, there is this opportunity for our innovation to pilot something yeah. new a new yeah. content new teaching series at a campus um so th- don't miss that uh, but I wave my wand and um man we figure out digital ministry and teaching in this age that we're still living in uh, in 2020, yeah. 2021 of wow, uh, of COVID how do we communicate well content when we're not in person please solve that that's,
0: that's really good that's really good Gina, I love it. I appreciate your thoughts. I, I think one of the things I love about this conversation too is that we have Woodside who's doing original content in person, uh, uh, you know, live communicators all across the campuses to uh, an XP3, a mix of video and live communicating. And for those of you who are listening, we don't have it figured out, as you've heard throughout our process, we change things, we switch things up, we're learning, we're trying new things and we are always looking to hear from you guys as well. So, if you and your team are currently going through this and you hear what Gina and her team just went through, we're going from vigilantism to a purchase curriculum or you know, writing your own content. And you hear what my team's going through and we can be of any value or help, Or you would think you could be a value of help to us. We'd love to hear from you guys. Those aren't just words we say, they're, they're things we embrace and I love having those conversations with you guys and if this has been a help or encouragement to you or there's something that one of us said that can help you win an argument right now that you're having with your multi fold team, <laughs> then share this episode. But if you would use it for that, you better leave a review. Okay? <laughs> I would love for that to be a review. I I was having a fight with my multi-site team and Gina said something that I agreed with and I've been saying to them and she helped me finally (laughs) win (laughs) this. But guys, thank you as always for listening. We appreciate you guys. Hope you're doing well. And until next time, bye. bye.